The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Oh man, it's gonna be a long night setting those waiver claims, getting those fab bids in. Welcome to the show, our first waiver wire episode of the season, and we've got some really exciting running backs, some big opportunities here. Hopefully, though, the injuries to James Conner and Philip Lindsay are not uh, are not too severe. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. I'd like to celebrate a new round of friendship with Dave Richard. You know, on Friday morning, I was really mad because I sat Sammy Watkins, but he told me to start Darius Slayton over Sammy Watkins. So Dave, you and I are back, baby. Sorry. Friend request not accepted. Oh, come on. Nope. You you went in on me really, really bad off the air on text. Oh, I could read Please. the text to everybody, but I think we'd get the explicit tag on the podcast. And yeah, right. I don't think the executives would like Ben Shraggy B would not like it at all. So uh, sorry. Next time you ask me for fantasy up, I'm going to say, yeah, go to Heath, go to Jamie, go to Ben. Oh, Sorry. Well, are you going to give me waiver wire advice today? I'm going to give everybody else waiver wire advice, right. but not you. I will not. I will mute um, my speakers. You, you have to, you have to you leave speak? the podcast. <laughs> Jamie. Um, What's up, bro? Steven Goskowski. Uh yeah. Thankfully for him, he made that kick. Was- would you would you cut him anyway? Uh I probably would not, but I'd bring in people to uh audition for the job just in case this is a problem. Uh Ross Tucker tweeted that his contract is fully guaranteed for the year. He's a vested veteran, so even if he gets cut, yeah. they have to pay him. Yeah. So I'm not sure they're cutting him. But uh, fantasy managers might. He, I think he was started in eight percent of leagues, and I did see he like won someone a league on that last kick. Somebody sent me a screenshot. So pretty exciting stuff. And uh, week one is in the books. All right, who are your? Uh, so we'll recap the Monday night games. This is how waiver wire works. We're going to start off with with our just top priorities right out of the gate. In a little bit, we'll give names at each position, and then later in the show, we'll really dive in, and we'll talk about a lot of names at each position, but um, let's talk about top three waiver wire priorities. Jamie, who would they be? I'm going to give you four, because they're the four best, and it's Benny Snell. This is the order. Benny Snell, Naheem Hines, Malcolm Brown, and Joshua Kelly, and that's in PPR. In non-PPR or half PPR, I would put Brown ahead of Hines, but PPR, I don't think it's close for me with Hines ahead of Malcolm Brown. Okay, so Dave, your top four then? Same four? Same three. Top three are definitely the same. Snell, number one, regardless of format. Hines, number two, PPR hat, PPR Brown, number three. And then Dallas Goddard. He deserves it. He's on the same catch pace as Naheem Hines. They're both going to end up right now with, uh, what is it, 128 catches, something like that. That's what they're on pace for. Anybody that's on pace for that, yeah, sure, you can have a spot on my fantasy bench. So when you look at Snell versus Hines... 
and even Snell versus Malcolm Brown or Josh Kelly. Uh, the Steelers are apparently optimistic that this is not a long-term injury. So why would he be the yeah. number one option here when we know Hines, it's, well, we don't know what his role will be, but it seems way, like he's going to have a role rest of season. The way that I phrased it in writing the column is if you want to avoid the Steelers mess, you know that Hines is locked into his job. So I totally get it if you want to go Hines first. And on HQ on Monday, uh, and looking at an early look at the waiver wire, um, Chris Towers and, and Heath Cummings both made the case that Malcolm Brown should be the top running back added because he has the lead job for the Rams right now. And you know, he's going to get carries as opposed to Hines who may not get more than seven or eight carries on a weekly basis. So I can get why you may want to flip the order totally around, you know? So I think all three of these guys are certainly interesting, but if I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of who can win me a week in week two, and then maybe at some point down the road, win me another week. I think Benny Snell has the highest ceiling of that group. And so Connor, unfortunately, is dealing with another injury after two years of being injured. And the fact that he couldn't come in when he was still on the sideline, you know, I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't want to speculate on how bad his ankle injury is. But if it's a high ankle sprain and we find out, you know, on, on Tuesday afternoon, it could be several weeks. So I, for me, I'm going to go with Snell. Uh, he looked awesome. He didn't have any involvement in the passing game, which was troubling. But I think all three of those guys, and the only reason I put Kelly in the same category with them, is if something happens to Austin Eckler, Kelly's going to be an absolute monster. So I want all four of those guys, a piece of all four of those guys if I can get it. But Snell, for me, is the top priority to get, just looking at what he could be for the Steelers offense. When you saw Connor on the sideline, did you see him at any point with his helmet? They didn't show him until the second half, so no. They showed him once in the first half, and he had his helmet on. Okay, so maybe there was some speculation that maybe it wasn't an ankle or just an ankle, and that maybe it was something else. Um, who knows? But if they say ankle, sure, we'll go with it. I, I agree 100%, Jamie. I, I'm thinking about long-term staying power. And Naheem Hines is going to be what he's going to be. I don't think he'll ever be the every-down guy for Indianapolis if something were to happen to Taylor. But I, I do think that the Steelers have seen what they've seen. They saw James Conner get out of the gate slow, and then he got hurt. And they've got to think that that's, you know, he how can he be the bell cow rest of the season when he's already been hurt in the first half of one football game? And then they saw Benny Snell do what he did, running by in the same offensive line. He looked great. So I think at worst, Snell's in a, in a tandem spot now, and he might end up being the best back in Pittsburgh. And he had five games with 16 or more carries last year, so they show they will go to him. But he had, I think, only three catches in those games. So you've got, you know, basic, you've got basically somebody who's completely uninvolved in the passing game. Jalen Samuels wasn't involved in the passing game yesterday either, so I'm not sure that... Uh, but he was Snow, on passing downs, though. He was the one that was. they used in obvious right. passing situations. He didn't, he didn't do a lot with it, but he was the one on the field. Whereas Malcolm Brown was involved in the passing game. So... I don't know. It's just interesting. It's like, talk about staying power. I, I am surprised to hear you guys both take Benny Snell number one. Because if, if you, Connor's you can, back, you can, you not can going take away. Brown first. I, I, I have no problem if somebody wants to take Malcolm Brown first. But if you just follow what the reports were this offseason, that they're eventually going to turn the job over to Cam Makers. And the fact that he still got 14 carries in this game, yeah. I think that's a sign that they want to work him up and get him close to being ready to go to eventually take over that job. So I don't know how long Brown will be like this playing like this, doing what he did. He was fantastic. Over four yards per carry, like you said, the three catches was great to see. Um, 
I don't think Dallas's run defense is going to be very good, especially with Van Der Esch and leaving the game. So if that's the best indication of how good he can be, we'll find out. But I think, uh, again, long-term is what you should be thinking as well as just week two. And so Malcolm Brown may not be the lead rusher for the Rams for a several-week span. Yeah, well, long-term, is it fair to say that Naeem Hines has the clearest long-term outlook? Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and I basically, I mean, is it fair to say Naeem Hines is basically Tariq Cohen? Maybe with some yes. more carries? You know yeah. what he could be, which is what we said that to be prior to the NFL draft he, when they got Phil Rivers. He could be Austin Eckler. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they've said it. He's on pace for 128 catches. Uh, I've been saying all along 70 because he averaged 54 catches in his first two years. So 70 was kind of the number I was looking at for him with Phillip Rivers. I mean, he may shatter that. If this defense yeah. is as bad as it looked against Jacksonville, he may shatter that. Well, hopefully it, hopefully it isn't that bad. Um, yeah, Hines, and they played a couple games without Marlon Mack last year. Hines had nine carries in one of those games. He had four carries and a rushing touchdown in another one of those games. Oddly enough, he only had two catches in those two games, but it's a different offense with a different quarterback who throws to his running back all the time. Um, what if James Robinson, who is rostered in 69% of leagues, is available? Where would you put him? And I'll give Jamie's priorities again. In PPR, it was Snell, Hines, Malcolm Brown, Kelly, in non-PPR, it was Snell, Brown, Hines, Kelly. If James Robinson is out there, what do you do? First. Yep. Yeah. He's first. I mean, he, he, he had a good game. It wasn't like, you know, blow your mind, good game against the Colts. But the fact that he had every, every carry for the Jaguars and was involved in the passing game, that shows you how much they like this kid. And so uh, we'll find out what they're going to eventually do with Rykel Armstead and uh, Divino Zigbo, you know, when those guys are, are healthy and ready to go. But there's a chance Armstead may not play anytime soon. And Ozigbo, who knows how that ankle is going to, you know, uh, recover. So I, I think you're looking at Robinson as the guy for the Jaguars. And, and the last couple of weeks, you know, once they got rid of Fournette, that's all we've heard is how much they like this kid. What if Sony Michelle is available? He's 80% rostered. Nah. I would I'll put him I'll behind. I'd put him behind all those other guys, you know, maybe yeah. ahead of Kelly if you need somebody to play right away, just because you know he'll get guaranteed touches. But I'd rather have Kelly personally. Guys, it's going to be a re really tough week to set your priority. You're going to have so much FOMO, and there are going to be a ton of players that you want because you know, in some of your leagues, a guy like Jameson Crowder might be available, or Darius Slayton might be available, even though they're rostered in 80-ish percent of leagues, right? And then, and then there's the Paris Campbell and LaVisca Chenault and there's Dallas Goddard and maybe you even want to stream Logan Thomas this week uh, and and, and uh, all these running backs and then you've got the Josh Adams of the world and the Miles Gaskins of the world where it's like yeah you know for Gaskins like okay he's probably not going to be the Dolphins starting running back but maybe he will be it's three solid games in a row for him dating back to last year respectable games so players that sort of need to be rostered just to see where it goes I don't know I mean we get a few weeks every year where it's like the waiver wire is loaded. The waiver wire is loaded right now, isn't it? No? The waiver wire is loaded this okay. week. You know, okay, the, good. It's loaded. The, uh, the star quality at wide receiver is not there unless the guys that you mentioned are available around the 80% range. You know, So the Anthony Millers, Chenault, the Campbells of the world, they're not going to necessarily draw as much attention as the four running backs we talked about, Goddard. Um, you know, those, those kinds of players because of what either they've shown you in the past or the ability that they have after what you saw in week one. 
So that's the difference between those type of moves you could be making. But I do think you're going to see some scenarios week two and beyond where you're like, oh my God, I could have picked up Campbell or I could have picked up Chenault for basically nothing. Yeah. And I missed out on that because I didn't make a second waiver claim or a third waiver claim or a third fab, you know, move uh, to drop somebody who you may be hanging on to. And, and again, you don't want to overreact to week one. So, you know, like the guys that I listed to drop, there's some big name players there, but you just have to sort of gauge what your roster looks like and what the upside versus the downside of some of these scenarios could be. And listen, we've got a Twitch stream tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, twitch.com slash FF today. Um, we might get some more injury information by that point. Things might change a little bit. So hop on there. Ask us your questions. It'll be Jamie and I on Twitch. Uh, it will be me and Jamie on Twitch, excuse me. Uh, twitch.com slash FF today, 8 p.m. Eastern until 9 p.m. And we'll rock and roll. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Dave, you mentioned Dallas Goddard. So, yeah, uh, go ahead. Discuss. I, I think that he's going to be a benefactor of Philadelphia not being able to run the football. And I'm starting to wonder if they're not going to be able to run the football effectively very often this year, given the state of their O-line. I like the Lane Johnson's coming back. That'll help them. But they they used him a hell of a lot, and they were playing from behind, and it looks like he's going to be an integral part of what they do. So happy to spend a, a waiver claim on him, uh, certainly ahead of those wide receivers that we're talking about, minus the 80 percenters. And right. yeah, I just, I PPR for sure. Non PPR. He's going to get eyeballs. There are going to be some unhappy campers with what they got out of some tight ends off the waiver wire this week or off the, out of the draft. And they might go to replace Goddard with them. And I don't blame them. What if Hawkinson's available too? Cause that's another guy that might 67% rostered. And you're thinking, wow, I don't want to yeah. miss the breakout here of the second year guy. Be, who he would be, he would be right behind Goddard. Okay. If you ask I think me, they're, but they're, they're really close. There's two things that play with both those guys. And, and clearly it's going to, you know, determine what happens when somebody comes back for Hawkinson, the best receiver was missing yep. for Detroit. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how Galladay's return impacts him. And then for the Eagles, look, they, for whatever reason, didn't play Deshaun Jackson a lot. I don't know why, you know, Doug Peterson was trying to spin it yesterday that, you know, that was just the plan going in his snap count, but Alshon could return at some point as well. And then I think we got to find out how they're going to operate. You know, they're still going to go with these two tight end sets. Is he going to play ahead of Ertz? Um, you know, is, is the contract that play? You know, do they not want to pay Zach Ertz because Dallas Goddard is so good and it's the passing of the torch a little bit, you know, if in fact Goddard can just do what Zach Ertz does from a production standpoint, that's probably a minor thing, you know, because the Eagles need to win. But I think you're going to see, and, and Dave hit on this, if Lane Johnson's back, this offensive line looks dramatically different. They're not going to be as beat up as they were where Carson Wentz is running for his life and getting eight sacks. And they're obviously not going to face a defensive front like they faced against Washington, which is going to be a problem for a lot of teams based on how they got after Wentz and, and took apart that offensive line as well. So I think Goddard's going to be good. I don't know if he's going to be this good, but he was a top 10 tight end last year. So it's hard to overlook the way he performed now over a 17 game span going back to the start of 2019. Right. Yeah. And it's six or more targets for Goddard in eight straight games going back to last year. He's great. Well, but he wasn't. That's the thing. Like he wasn't actually that great. He was a little disappointed. I should say he was very disappointing considering all the targets. And when he got like eight to ten targets, yeah, he was great. And he got nine targets at Washington. Um, I was, yeah, we'll see. Carson Wentz continues to throw a ton. That's like eight games in a row or something with forty or more pass attempts. But maybe Miles Sanders coming back would change that. Um, we shall see. Obviously, Goddard's going to be popular and, and with good reason. So let's talk about Fab, your free agent budget here. 
How much for whom? I don't see myself spending a lot for anybody because there isn't a slam dunk. And because, because Snell, Hines, and Brown are all going to be available, I, I think if you put in somewhere close to the same amount for each of the three, you've got a good chance of getting one of them. Which is what, you think? Uh, maybe 30%? 15, no. Oh. Like, I, I'm you're, thinking getting, you're getting shut out. You are definitely getting shut out. Okay, that's fine with me because none of these three are for sure starters the rest of the way. Well, it depends what you need. I mean, you know, obviously if you're the Connor owner or Connor manager, you know, you're going to look to spend probably a little bit more on Snell. You're going to look to spend a little bit more if you're the Marlon Mack fantasy manager. You know, anybody that lost somebody significant is going to go a little bit more aggressive with their fab because they want to make sure they have a starter or a flex or whatever the case may be if your roster is depleted and, and format size matters, you know, uh, 14 team league, 16 team leagues, guys don't become available like this if they are on the free agent wire, but on the waiver wire. But I think you're looking at it as I'm, I'm with Dave, you know, the way that I wrote it was, uh, you know, around 20%, you know, I, I just think there's no, um, the, it, it, your roster really is going to determine it. I mean, that's just the way to look at it. You know, we're going to be in a lot of leagues where somebody spends, you know, 30, 40% just because they, a don't, know how to use their fab budget the right way because they're doing it for the first time or B they just got decimated by injuries. And, you know, you want to sort of salvage your fantasy season before it goes south. I'll, I'll go, I'll go against you just a little bit because I'll push back on that. I I think that I compared, you know, Chris Towers had us fill out a week two survey last night. Chris Towers, you know, authors our newsletter. You should sign up for that cbsports.com slash newsletters. Uh, it's free. goes right to your inbox. And one of the questions, you know, is about waiver wire, obviously. And, and I compared Malcolm Brown to Jordan Howard um, last year. And this assumption that Cam Akers oh, is yay. just... <laughs> well, you say that, but this assumption that Cam Akers is just going to take the job. But Cam Akers, he, missed, he made a lot of men miss, and he was probably better than his numbers. But his overall numbers were much worse than Malcolm Brown's. They obviously trust Malcolm Brown. Uh, Daryl Henderson is an X factor here because I, I think you know maybe he gets more carries, more work when he's further removed maybe, from the injury. But he's clearly third. Absolutely, but Not but he could close but he could throw a wrench in the plans. But what I'm saying is we assumed Miles Sanders would take the job from Jordan Howard, and he never did. Not until Howard got hurt. So that opportunity, you have to at least uh, look at that as a possibility for Malcolm Brown. And if he's their goal line guy with the tendency they've shown to run the ball near the goal line and if he's going to lead them in catches I don't know if he will but he did in week one like 15 percent that seems low to me and I think I was thinking 30 percent for these guys especially like if we just said that Tariq Cohen and is that Naeem Hines is Tariq Cohen and could have 70 catches how are you not spending 30 percent of your budget on Naeem Hines in a PPR the, re- the reason you're not spending 30 percent of your budget is you don't know if the next guy that's going to come along in two weeks and you don't want to be without some free agent money to spend. Well, that's you know, fair. that's that's part of it. You have to balance your budget. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like any, yeah. any sort of shopping that you do. But we so, had, like, but okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But we had really good players in week one. Like Terry McLaurin was out there in week one. You know, like this is your opportunity to get someone for a full season. Yes, and, Hines. and, and this is this is the 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 decisions you have to make. You know, it's it's the I'm trying to think of a guy week one last year that went off that we said spend big on and was disappointing. You know, so there's probably a couple of examples of those. Oh, I'll tell you. So I think you just have to, you know, gauge it. And that's why I was kind of saying, like, you know, everybody's roster is different. You know, if you just lost Mac and he was somebody that you're counting on as a flex option or you just, you know, now we're down James Conner for maybe a couple of weeks or Philip Lindsay for a couple of weeks. 
You don't have Kenny Galladay, who knows for how long. Cortland Sutton, same thing. You know, you're going to make some different moves. Um, Dallas Goddard could be a starting tight end for, you know, the rest of the season as he was, again, finishing as a top 10 guy last year. So er every scenario is is different for every league. And, and a 14-team league and a 16-team league, they're going to spend more because these guys don't become available as often. So it, it's just different. You know, I don't think you should just go blowing your free agent budget on a guy in Malcolm Brown who could be replaced by Cam Akers or uh, uh, Benny Snell may you know, not have a starting job next week because James Conner is healthy and we know what Pittsburgh's track record is when they go with one running back. So there's there's lots of things at play here. Yes, Hines may be the, this guy all season long as the Tariq Cohen, James White type of player. And if Jonathan Taylor goes down, he could be even better. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things at play here. So it's not a bad idea to get these guys. It's not a bad idea if you have such an uh, affinity for them to spend as much as you think you need to spend. But two weeks from now, Daryl Williams may be dropped in a lot of leagues and he could be the starter for the Chiefs if Clyde Edwards-Solaire goes down and you don't have enough free agent budget to go get that type of guy. And there's 28 other examples of that around the NFL that could happen. So it really, I, I think we've laid out the case for everybody, Adam, uh -huh. where if you if you have just, you, you've totally bought into to Brown or Snell or Hines and you, you know your league, if you don't think 15 or 20% is enough, then go for it, man. It's your fab. And these guys will be yours for the rest of the season. But Hines, particularly, what happens if Philip Rivers goes down and he's 38 years old? I'm not playing that like game. Crap. I, I don't know. I'm not playing that game. But, but, what I happens mean, if their okay, starting so, quarterback goes thing. down? Okay, that's the thing. We, we don't have a guy at running back this week that we can say nothing's stopping him. True. Okay. Like right, James right, right. Robinson is that guy. Like if, nothing's stopping James Robinson from being the lead oh, guy. How much back. fab on James Robinson? He's 30%. a 30% guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. If, if you were to, if you were to say right now, like if we get news by the middle of the day, James Connor tore a ligament in his ankle and was out for six weeks. Oh yeah. Benny Snell's a 60% guy at yeah. minimum, mm -hmm. okay. at minimum, okay. you know, so there's different things at play here. Yeah. If, if, if the Rams, if Sean McVay said Malcolm Brown impressed me so much, this is our guy for the rest of the season. Then he becomes a 30% guy. Okay, so you want to take a trip down memory lane? I'm looking at our waiver wire show from last year. Okay. okay. All right. This should, this should be fun. Go ahead. So the thing is, a lot of the guys that we had as top priorities were rostered in like 70 to 77% of mm. leagues. TJ Hawkinson had that huge game. That was a waste of fab money. Tyrell Williams, he was 77% rostered, but he, he gave you some good weeks before his injury. Austin Hooper was 76% rostered. Uh, Mark Andrews was 73% rostered. So those were like the high-end guys. A uh, little bit deeper. Let's see. Um, Josh Allen, 58%. Matthew Stafford, 45%. At running back, Giovanni Bernard was our top priority because Joe Mixon got hurt in week one and didn't miss any games. Um, Chris Thompson, waste of money. Ronald Jones, waste of money. Bad running backs. Carlos Hyde. Well, that was a good one. Carlos Hyde, 58% at that point. Uh, Malcolm Brown, Raheem Mostert. I don't know why we said oh, Malcolm, Malcolm Brown. Brown last year too, huh? Raheem Mostert okay. too early on that one. Alexander Madison, Edo Smith, Mike Davis, etc. Yeah, um, but so there it were some sounds good like names. a bunch of crap in Raheem Mostert at, at running, running back. back. No, and, and, and Mostert, and Mostert, credit. Mostert was crap because he didn't. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything for the right, ten more weeks. Uh, John Brown, Jamison Crowder, Marquise Brown, um, DK Metcalf. Terry McLaurin, pretty good players there. You know, we've barely talked about receivers to pick up. And I am, we'll get to I that. am getting Paris Campbell. Well, I'm not having him in every league, 
But <laughs> if I don't, I'm going to get Paris Campbell. Right. Trey Bien. Who, yeah, all right. We'll get to our favorites. Um, let's go through just a few news and notes. Well, actually, a lot of news and notes. Michael Thomas is going to try to play through a high ankle sprain, guys. Um, what's your, what are your thoughts there? He plays, you start him. Yep. We talked about this on yesterday's show, me and Schrager and Towers, the, uh, the bi-week replacements. We, um, we're talking about who we trade him for. He's no worse, we thought, than like wide receiver three. Maybe you get, you get Devontae Adams for him if you could. You maybe get Julio. How about you guys? That's it, though. Tyreek, maybe. I think now's the time to try and see how the Michael Thomas fantasy manager feels about him. Right. Uh-oh, uh, he's damaged goods. Why don't you give him to me, and I'll give you Stefan Diggs and someone else. Uh, in, in my guillotine league, uh, the manager, and it's all fantasy owners. I won't, I won't name names to embarrass anybody, but the, the, the fantasy manager with uh, Michael Thomas got chopped. Oh, no. Uh, would you rather have... Jonathan Taylor or Michael Thomas rest of season? Thomas. Taylor. The thing is, like, Taylor's probably going to catch some passes, right? Marlon Mack had three catches before he got hurt. Two or three. It's it's the Philip Rivers three. effect, baby. Don't get cute. Michael Thomas is better than Jonathan Taylor. He is, but he's got Taylor. a high angle spread. If we were, uh, I guess if we were redrafting today, a healthy Nobody Thomas would go ahead of Taylor. Michael Thomas. But if we know that Thomas is banged up, yeah, yeah. we know it. And he didn't have a great game. <laughs> Yeah, well, give Jonathan me, Taylor. Give me, give me a Heath side so, for that one, please. Give me a Heath side for that uh, one, please. Damn, I didn't have it queued up, Jamie. I'm sorry. Um, what did you say? Give you a what? A uh, Heath sigh. Oh. <laughs> that one is so weird. Who makes this noise? <laughs> so weird. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, yeah, nine carries, 22 yards. This shouldn't be overlooked, but he did have six catches for 67 yards. Okay. Philip Lindsay, mild turf toe. Uh, horrible schedule coming up for. Melvin Gordon, probably something we should talk about tomorrow. Uh, Steelers, Bucks, Jets, next three games. James Conner, ankle. Uh, didn't talk about it. So mild, mild interest in Royce Freeman and Jalen Samuels, deep leagues. The deepest uh, of deep. Yeah, Freeman almost punched in the touchdown there at the end. Gordon yeah. Gordon came on and scored. Pittsburgh right tackle Zach Banner hurt his knee. Um, Blake Jarwin tore the ACL, which sucks. George Kittle hurt his knee, and he may not play this week. At the Jets. Brandon Ayuk expected to play this week, though. Miles Sanders, decent chance to play this week against the Rams. Le'Veon Bell is going to be out a few weeks with a hamstring injury. He's got the Niners. Devontae Parker, hamstring injury. Do we know if he is going to play this week? Do we have an update on Parker? It, it sounds like he could miss some time. Okay. They got the Bills this week, unfortunately, but then it gets a little easier. Um, Jacksonville in week three. Preston Williams is rostered in 80% of CBS leagues. Deshaun Jackson, his snap count will increase each week. David Ajoku's on IR with a knee injury, so if you're thinking about dropping Austin Hooper, should we wait? They get Cincinnati and then Washington and Dallas and no Najoku. Yes, you wait. Okay. Unless he's uh, if he's clearly the worst player on your bench and you're good at tight end, then you can make the move. But you don't have to you don't have to spike cut him. Okay. Uh AJ Boye, Denver cornerback, he got hurt in the second quarter. And Ryan, They're falling apart. Yeah, they sure are. Every year. It sucks. They should have won that game, though. Yes, they should have. Can you say that when the other team missed four kicks? Or was it three? Four kicks. Extra point and three field goals? I, I, mm -hmm. I can say that when they were down, arguably their best offensive player. They were down their best defensive player. And they had just, you know, injuries all throughout the game. Uh, yes. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start at Buffalo or against Buffalo. But when you have to say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start, that means you've got 
Well, that's going to be a question issues. for every Miami game whenever they lose. So if he plays this, badly, this yeah. question. No, I mean, mm-hmm. if he doesn't play bad. Yeah. They're waiting for Tua. And the minute that the Chargers lose, it's going to be the same question there. Yeah. I talk about a team that should have won a game. By the way, did you buy that calf cramp for the Bengals kicker? Did you think he was yes kind of... no. <laughs> he makes the kick, the kick, the cramp doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, right. didn't buy, I didn't buy those two uh, pass interference calls, though. Which ones? Gallup? In crap. The Gallup one? Gallup. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was Ramsey interference Ramsey did a great Green. acting job. I didn't think Ramsey played that well. What would you guys think? No. Right? Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Okay, top three at each position. Let's get some names going here, and then we'll recap uh, Sunday or uh, Monday Night Football, do the drop-o-meter, and then give you a bunch of names later in the show. If you want to give more than three names, go for it. But who are the quarterbacks we're looking at? Well, it's a stellar list. Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> Gardner Minshew, and Ryan Tannehill. Okay. No Burrow, huh? No. Taking on the Browns this week if you're streaming? He's I don't mind. He, he would, he, he, what's that? He's at 83% roster. Oh, that's why there's no Burrow. Trubis- My bad. Trubisky, Minshew, and Tannehill, you said? Trubisky, Minshew, Tannehill. I mean, just what you thought when the season started that you would be looking at these three guys as streaming options. Now, thankfully, I don't <laughs> think you have to use these three because there's no major injuries and not a lot of awful matchups. But I would start all three over Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford if they're top guys, offensive line and running back for Wentz and... Um, Galladay, not there for Stafford. Uh, Tannehill threw more yesterday than he did all of last year in any game, any single game. Uh, Trubisky's got the Giants, who stink. So, But you say Minshew in like this, oh, Gardner Minshew way, but if Heath were here, he'd be like, and he'd be like, what's up with that? Cause well, Minshew I mean, this Titans defense is good. Okay. But is so, Minshew not like a long-term play here? Not somebody oh, you want on your I, roster? I, he said this, and I firmly agree. It, it's like pitting Heath, uh, two of Heath's kids against each other because we know how much he likes Trubisky as well. So I asked him yesterday on the show, Trubisky or Minshew, and he said Trubisky for week two, Minshew for the season, which I'm in total agreement with. Yeah, Minshew. And T- Tannehill against the, the Jaguars last year went for 36 fantasy points. Minshew has uh, the Titans this week and then the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Texans, and the Lions. Yep, and then a bye week. Yeah. Okay, running backs, we've covered. um, So, Benny Snell, Naeem Hines, Malcolm Brown, Joshua Kelly. Who are a few more names, Dave, that you'd be looking at at running back? I'd look at Jarrett McKinnon in PPR leagues. He'd be a potential fallback guy for Hines. Obviously not as sexy as Hines, but it was good to see him play, and it was good to see him score. And this is going to be gross, but Adrian Peterson was the most productive yardage and carry guy for Detroit. And carry on Johnson just stinks. I'm sorry. He's not good. I, I think Adrian Peterson's going to continue to be the one a and Swift will probably end up being the one B. Yeah. It's a good matchup. At we'd, Green be, Bay. we'd be more excited. I bet everybody would be more excited about Swift. If he had caught that touchdown to win the game for the lions, but he still barely had touches in the game. See, a, this is the type of thing you want the other people in your fantasy league to do. Chase Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. Chase Peyton Barber, Chase Frank Gore. They're all going to be terrible. And if you're looking for just an under the radar guy to pick up, I'm going to say it again. He's a little bit higher owned or rostered than you would like, but still pick up Daryl Williams, especially if he gets dropped because you saw what they did with Edward Solaire. 
And you'd rather have the starting running back for the Chiefs in week five, should something happen to Edwards Hilaire, than the starting running back for the Lions, the Jets, or in this case, the Washington football team for now, based on what those guys are going to get touches. I don't want Adrian Peterson on my team. I don't want Frank Gore on my team. I don't want Peyton Barber on my team. I don't care what they're going to do. They're not going to help you win a week. What about Miles Gaskin? Miles Gaskin is certainly more interesting than those guys, but I'd be shocked if they go into week two and not give Jordan Howard and Matt Breida more work. Because Gaskin outplayed those guys, not just the production, but the playing time was ridiculous in terms of how they used those other two guys. And the fact that they didn't throw the ball to Breida at all, they didn't throw the ball to Jordan Howard. That's not a big surprise. Right. Um, I heard this on, uh, we're, 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 we live in South Florida, so um, a radio show I go on all the time, it's uh, uh, Hockman and Crowder. And they said uh, uh, Jordan Howard had the Kalen Balazs line of eight carries yeah. for seven yards. <laughs> and they said, you hope that your running back gives you a barrage of production we get a ballage of production <laughs> actually jamie there's a new name for it it's actually the barkley production it's don't go there 15 oh, carries yeah. for six yards yeah he's not playing the steelers every week he actually right, had exactly. a game just like that against the jets last year uh it was Good run defense you called it who the steelers yep no wow. the jets oh the jet they do have i a- love josh allen because that run defense is so bad wait you love josh because of what last week you because thought the, the run, run defense for the Jets is good, and the pass defense. Is oh, the pass, yeah, it wrong. I yeah, yeah. The run I think the run defense. I mean, it's it's good pretty much every year. I also thought I kept saying over and over the Giants' run defense is really good, and I think it should yep. be. It was great for a while. I think they just kind of got worn down. Yeah, at the first the half, it was good. Um, wide receivers. All right, yeah. So who are we looking at at wide receiver? Big, big fun names. I think I think it's pretty fun names out there uh, on the waiver wire. What do you got? They're fun names. I just don't know how much of a hurry you'd be in to start them. I've got Anthony Miller first, but he's rostered in 61% of leagues, so a lot of people aren't going to be able to get him. I like what I saw from Mike Williams, and I'm a little worried about him getting banged up, but a lot of downfield throws to him. He was an air yards king last year. He had over 1,000 yards barely last year, and it, it seemed like he was the only target that Tarad could hit on those sideline throws with with some consistency, not a lot of great consistency. He would be second for me. Robbie Anderson would be third. Paris Campbell and PPR would be fourth. And then there's other names after that. There's it's it's kind of deep at, at receiver, and I don't think you're going to have to spend a lot of fab to get any of these guys. Miller, I'm a little nervous about. Like, love the matchup, um, and he. I don't know. You'll have to tell me if he always lines up on one side of the field or not. It seemed like he might be on the left side. No, the right side. That's where he caught he his touchdown. He was on the left a little bit more often than the right, okay. if I recall, last never, year. All right. Well, because it seemed like the Giants... So the quarterback's were, left. The quarterback's left. Right. Uh, he was. Uh, he caught his touchdown on the quarterback's right side in the, mm-hmm. that end zone. Trubisky seemed, doesn't throw left very well. Seemed like uh, James Bradbury. That appears to be his side of the field. Um, so, And that's who they have this week, the Giants. But the thing with Miller is he got six targets. He ends up with that touchdown catch. It was a great catch. But if he doesn't catch that ball, and you can't rely on him to get that, if he doesn't catch that ball, he has a pretty bad game. And Trubisky was really horrible for for the first half. So I, I mean, first three quarters. Yeah, I totally get it's it. Brutal. And I started Anthony Miller, and I, you know, Jamie's been talking about Miller since the end of last season. So I get it. Um, but I, but why, like, well, Jamie, give me your list. I'm curious why Campbell was was fourth for you, Dave. Because, like, I don't know. He he led the team in targets. Just makes sense that he'd be a target that Phil Rivers would like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tied for the team. He led the team in receiving. He was tied in targets. 
I don't know. Jamie, yeah, what's your for, what's your list? For me, it's 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 three guys above the rest. It's almost like the running back position. Miller's still first, just because again, I've been talking about him all offseason. I'm not gonna back off after he had a productive game in week one. Uh LaVisca Chenault would be second. The fact that he did this with the, you know, the Jaguars aren't gonna throw 20 times every week. And the fact that they gave him the two carries, uh, that he scored the touchdown, I think he's just gonna continue to get much, much better. So I love what I saw from him in that game. And I think again, you're gonna see them throwing all over the place and chasing points, and they're gonna try to put the ball in his hands as much as possible. And then Campbell would be third. You know, you just look at what he was able to do um, in this in this game. Uh, the concern is going to be health with him because we know he battled a ton of injuries last year. But, uh, you know, you, you, you see the top two guys in this passing game from the receiver standpoint, T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell. And I, I think Rivers is just, you know, get the ball out quick. Campbell is going to be around the line of scrimmage. He's going to make people miss. This was a great first game for him for those two guys together. So those three for me are above the rest by far. Okay. Fair enough. So it's the same three, except Dave put Robbie Anderson in there as his number three. And, and Mike Williams. I didn't oh, have Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. You have Mike Williams. Okay. We differ a little bit on this, but right, that's okay. Enough. It just depends on how you feel about these guys. And the tight ends. Hold uh, on. Goddard. Goddard's okay. easy. Uh, Logan Thomas would be second for me. And then the third guy would be um, Chris Herndon. You know, I, I know he didn't have a big game, but the fact that he had six catches, that he was second on the team in targets, they moved him all over the place. They have nothing else in this passing game. They're going to be throwing all game because of how bad this run game is going to be. So it's going to be an awful, awful matchup again in week two against Buffalo. But you just have to look long-term with him, and eventually he's going to end up putting up some really, really nice numbers. So buy into what his role was and how much they used him and how much they're going to continue to use him because Perryman stinks, Mims stinks, Chris Hogan definitely stinks. And it's really right now it's Crowder and Herndon as the only two guys you should trust for the Jets if you want to trust any of the Jets. I wrestle with Herndon and, and Thomas as far as who's second on my tight end list because I agree. I think that they're just they're down to nubs now on offense and Herndon's target share should should be good. I, I don't like that he really didn't get a lot of his yards until the end of the game, though. Like, why couldn't he have been a little bit more involved before then? It's just a little frustrating to me. But I do think he's got some – I think he's got more upside overall than Logan Thomas. I'm settling on it right now. I'm taking Herndon over Thomas. The, I would agree with you if you're looking long-term. If you're looking week two, Thomas is better than Herndon. Thomas gets the Cardinals. Herndon gets the 49ers. That's uh, why. DST. And by the way, Hawkinson would be number one or number two if he were available? Two for me. I would say one for me just based on, you know, there's more upside long-term for Hawkinson than there is for Goddard. All right, best DSTs to get this week? You got the Cardinals. They should do well at home mm -hmm. against Washington. The Titans against Jacksonville. Um, you know, they, they suffocated the Broncos after the first quarter. Um, the Packers get Detroit, especially if Galladay is not there. So those pass rushers will pin their ears back in their first home game against the Lions. Where's your love for the Cleveland Browns against the Bengals Thursday? Good. I think Burrow's pretty good, and I think that Brown's defense is not good. Mm. Outside of their Miles Garrett, really. Well, okay. But we'll see what their defensive backs look like because they were missing two or they, three. They were missing two guys, right. And I think one got hurt. So I think by the end of the day, they were missing three. Um, we'll see. But Yeah, their linebackers are a major liability, though, right now. Okay. Uh, and any kickers? Yes, there are three kickers you could be looking at. Chris Boswell. Gets the Broncos at home. Crosby gets the Lions at home. And Suckup gets the Panthers at home. We're going to take a break on fantasy football today. When we come back, quick recaps of Monday Night Football. Who to drop and more players to add like Phillip Rivers?
He's going to throw a lot, maybe, against the Vikings. I'm Ron Burgundy. We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Pittsburgh 26, Giants 16. Dave, major takeaways from this game? Major takeaways that James Conner, we already talked about him. I'm not going to get into it again, so let's just go game. to the next go, good go thing about the game. Steelers. Passing game. It's Juju yeah. with two touchdowns. It's Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger was rusty early on, and then he really started humming toward the end of the first half. And just the synergy with Juju, it's like they played together for 16 games last year. It was incredible. And a uh, lot of target share for Juju and for Deontay Johnson and a little bit more for James Washington. Not so much for Ebron and, and Claypool. Claypool did have a great catch down the sideline, and he'll be a problem eventually, man. He's just huge. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger started to kick it into high gear. He's got great weapons around him. Juju had a monster game. Hard not to be impressed with what you got from Roethlisberger. Okay. Interesting game for Deontay Johnson. Some some bad plays in there, mm-hmm. a fumble, but sure. also 10 targets. So that's encouraging. And Jamie, any concerns about Saquon Barkley? No, no. I mean, the fact that they used him as much in the past game, remember that was a concern because of how much Daniel Jones ran last year. Uh, they had him split out when they were trying to come back in the, in the second half, you know, so they, you know, were using him in a variety of ways. So yeah, none, this is a, this is as bad a matchup as he's going to deal with all season long. And the Steelers are going to be a problem for a lot of teams in terms of their running backs. So good luck, Melvin Gordon this week. And would you drop Evan Ingram for Dallas Goddard or TJ Hawkinson? No, again, no. you know, tough, tough, tough matchup. You know, Ingram will bounce back. I, I thought he would struggle against the Steelers. Um, he had a bad drop. Should have had a potential touchdown as well, you know. So we'll see how uh, how he improves this week. But you know, this was this was just you know, hey, congratulations, Giants! You're facing the best defense in football, even though you're home in Week One. It was going to be a bad night all the way around. By the way, Darius Slayton now has ten touchdowns in fifteen career games. Five of the ten are from thirty plus yards out. Trivia: 
Mm. Who holds the NFL record for all time touchdowns of 30 plus yards? Receiving. Receiving. Randy Moss. He's close. Jamie, you got a guess? What's the question? Career amount of touchdowns caught of 30 plus yards. Who has the most? Is it Victor Cruz? (laughs) Yes. No, it's Victor Cruz. No, it's not. Amazing. No, it's Jerry Rice. Oh, (laughs) okay. No, Cruz had a lot of them, but that's okay. I thought you were being funny. Dave was being funny. Tennessee 16, Denver 14. Um, Jamie, major takeaway from this game. Corey Davis looked good. Give him credit. I mean, you know, he stepped up and, and played well with A.J. Brown struggling. I wonder whatever mystery injury that A.J. Brown was dealing with coming into the end of camp and the beginning part of this week, if that carried over because he had a you know bad drop in the fourth quarter and what should have been a game-winning touchdown. But Derrick Henry did not look good. And, you know, we'll find out. Taylor Lewan left the game with a knee injury. We'll see what the extent of that is. Uh, but, you know, first game without Jack Conklin, you know, so – if this offensive line is going to be a problem for Henry, there were just no holes open for him. You know, a couple of times where mm-hmm. he bounced to the outside, he looked good. And I did like the fact that I think he had two catches. I don't know how many times. Three, three catches, three targets. Three, three catches. Characters. That tied his most in a game from last yeah, year. That, that's certainly encouraging that they tried to get him involved in that capacity. But if if he's going to get 30 carries a game, he's going to break down. I mean, I, you just can't work him like this over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Not good. Uh, if you were drafting again today, who goes first? Noah Fant or Darius Slayton? Fant. With, with knowing what we know from week one, mm-hmm. I'll say Slayton. But Fant was impressive. And he's so, so he's so talented. He, one was, thing about, he was incredible. The one thing about Slayton, and, and this is by far a, a minor knock, but it's once again he did it without one of the three receivers there. It's just amazing yeah. how he just yeah. continues to, to happen. And I mean it's gonna continue. He's gonna Yeah, really I'm good. done. I'm done with that being a knock against I, I totally him totally agree. Too but, good at this point. But, but it's just it's just funny that Golden Tate's inactive and again he has another big game. I just hope that that's the 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 start of you know he could be their best guy because he should be their best guy. He's he has the highest ceiling of that group. Okay, let's do the drop o meter. Hold on, here. hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on, yeah, hold yeah. on. Fant was exciting, but we should also make note that Janu Smith had a good game. Yes, he should have. He should have had a, even a little bit better of a game, but uh, hopefully, you're happy with what you got out of him in week one. He finishes a top ten tight end. Who would you rather have rest of season, Fant or Janu? Fant, based on this, he yeah. he, and this is where this and Benny Snell are just two of many examples from the weekend where I wish we had preseason football because if we had seen Fant look like this on the field, he was playing so freely. You could tell that he wasn't thinking as much. You could tell that he was a second-year tight end breaking out. And yeah. now getting this type of work without Cortland Sutton is amazing. I hope it continues when Sutton comes back. But and he Hamler. looked great. Yeah, and Hamler, too. I wish Judy had caught a few more of his past. He had a couple drops that were ugly. Still looked good, though. I made such a mistake in a league. Uh, we should maybe talk about this tomorrow because it's a bit of a strategy thing. I dropped Noah Fant before the season started for Duke Johnson. Because I had Mark Andrews. And you know how much I love Noah Fant, but I'm sitting there like, I can't roster two tight ends with Mark Andrews. Let's get some running back depth. And that's just an interesting decision that you have to make. Like, running backs, you have to roster inferior players because, you know, you need depth. And what if there's an injury and this guy could catch four passes? That kind of crap. I'm so mad at myself because I totally loved Noah Fant. But with Hawkinson, with Fant, you're looking at it. Maybe these are your two breakout tight ends. It happens every year now. 
Both of them were missing their best receiver, Corlin Sutton and, and and Kenny Galladay. So we'll see if it carries over into week two. I had I had a lucky roster move last night. I dropped Golden yeah. Tate for Benny Snell before the game. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was looking at it because my receivers in that league are, are bad, and I was like, I, I, the first the, the guy I went to look for was was James Washington and Chase Claypool. And I'm like, oh, Benny Snell's there. What happens if James Conner gets hurt? Let me just make the make the move. I'm thinking to myself, God, that's just such dumb luck. <laughs> hey, that's, why, that's, why, you, that's why you roster these backup running backs. That's why I roster Duke Johnson, because David Johnson gets hurt all the time. You know, just sometimes you get the break. Sometimes Duke Johnson gets hurt. <laughs> all right, drop beater. So I, I've got a bunch of names, but maybe we should just talk about like, okay, Justin Jefferson is an easy drop, 59% rostered. Hunter Renfro is like 60% roster or something. Drop him. There's some easy calls. What about like all of the rookie receivers? Henry Ruggs is 93% rostered. Other LaVisca Chenault's on your ad list. I get that. But Ruggs, um, Judy, and... No, oh my, no, no, like, no. Judy, no, well, look, no. For, not, for, not for Naeem Hines or Malcolm Brown. I mean, I guess if the, you're in a 10-team league and those are the end of your bench guys, Ruggs was on his way to a monster game before he got hurt. So yep. that's just something to keep an eye on. If he's hurt, then it's easy to drop him. But, you know, I, I think you look at what they were trying to do with him and what his upside could be. Like, that's a guy that has star potential based on where he was drafted. If he scores a touchdown, you know, he got tackled at the one. You know, if he scores a touchdown, then his stat line looks a lot better. So, no, don't drop Henry Ruggs. Okay. Um, I want to see what his what his snap count was. He played 67% of the snaps, so definitely the injury. Yeah, he came back after getting hurt, yeah. which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. All right, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't like... I would be surprised if he's out weeks. Like so rookie- you, know, you need a procedural move, then I get it, but... I don't know when these rookie wide receivers are going to become must-start guys. Like, you know, so that's why I was asking. Because if you think about, like, this time last year, what we know now about, say, DK Metcalf. Um, was he more valuable than what we expect Naeem Hines to be? You know, does this comparison make sense? No, Hines is more valuable, but there's still the unknown of what they're going to do with each player in their respective spots. You kind of have an idea of what Hines is going to be after what you saw in week one. But I mean, rugs could, they could just be scratching the surface. You know, I, I tried to make this point yesterday. I'll, I'll make it again here. Dave said, no preseason. For these yeah. rookies, this was their first taste of NFL action. First mm-hmm. taste of game speed at this level. First taste of, you know, playing on this stage. And so for guys like Edward Solaire and Jonathan Taylor, once he was pressed into action, and, you know, some of the, Joe Burrow in, in what, like, imagine what was going through Joe Burrow's head. He's never taken an NFL snap before, and he's down. He leads them on a game-winning drive. He should have had a touchdown to A.J. Green, and then his kicker goes and misses the kick. Yeah. Like, like, that could have been the dream scenario, and he was doing it all with never stepping on an NFL field before in any capacity. So, you know, I, I think these guys are only going to get better. It's kind of, I'll circle back to the Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers thing. If Cam Akers is getting 14 carries in his first start without ever touching the field in an NFL game, they're only going to continue to work him up. Yeah, I so, get that. I'm just, but okay. So, which rookie so wide receivers? So, in other words, you don't cut him. You got to be patient. I understand, but but we have an exciting waiver wire week. I think a lot of people are going to be excited about getting some of these running backs. But but compare rugs to a veteran that we could be like. I, I have Christian Kirk as a potential cut guy, right? Yeah, that was my he next was, name. He was miserable. If you're telling me I have to make the decision between Henry Ruggs and Christian Kirk, I'm cutting Christian Kirk. Of course, uh, but who? Which rookie wide receivers? Would you be willing to cut Rager and Ayuk? I mean, like, well, I, okay, look, Ayuk's got a good opportunity right now, but what about right. Jalen Rager? Um, Rager, you can cut, yes. Okay, what Justin Jefferson, like I said, 59% yeah, roster, get rid of him. Sure. Okay, what about um, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida? If you have to cut them, you cut them. 
Freedom more so. Well, I I, I cut a Howard little more so. Would you? Yes, I don't care that he scored. He's he's a slug behind a bad offensive line. Would you cut Howard I'm not for excited about either of them? I'm just bringing up the conversation. I think I'd cut Burita first if would, it's half or non. Would you cut them for Benny Snell? And a heartbeat. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. easy. What about uh, Daryl Henderson? Forty-five percent. Bye. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> no, I'd hold on to Fournette. Joe Burrow. Eighty-three no. percent. No. Okay. But I, again, I, if he's your second quarterback, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing you brought up about cutting Fant. Right. Different scenario, you know, it depends on what you have on your team. But um, I'm cutting yeah. Burrow to get good running back depth and a potential starter for yes. week two. Carry on That's Johnson. Simple. Bye. Carry out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So who else? Uh, Go, who else were you thinking about dropping this week, Jamie? Like you have some big well, names on your on your quarterback list: Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford. Yeah, again, it's you know as I explained in the story, you don't have to do it, but you know you're looking at scenarios where if this offensive line is going to be this bad, he's facing Aaron Donald this week. Good luck with that. You know he's going to get murdered if he doesn't have Lane Johnson back to at least give him some help after what that Washington defensive line did and what the Rams defense just did to Dak Prescott behind a bad offensive line as well without Lyle Collins. So I think it's going to be a rough day for Wentz, and I'd rather take my chances with Trubisky this week if you're just going from week to week based on the quarterback position. And the same thing with Stafford, who was able to get his way to 18 fantasy points and should have had a second score um, if DeAndre Swift made a catch. But it's not going to be easy for him, I think, going into Green Bay and playing that defense, which that has a good pass rush and making stuff on him. So those are, those are two guys you could potentially move on from. At the running back position, you mentioned two of them already and carry on and um, Jordan Howard, I, I consider cutting Tevin Coleman, you know, I don't want to necessarily rush to do that because of maybe he wasn't playing as much. That, that was what was speculated. I read that on the show the yesterday. Fact that he was still playing. The Sacramento had, Bee said though, the writer for the Sacramento Bee said it was likely because of that. Because yeah, of I hope so. You know, but only yeah. six, six snaps. He was out snapped by Derek McKinnon, obviously. Uh, Raheem Moster, but you see what the, the writing's on the wall. Coleman yeah. hasn't been good for several weeks going back to last season, even though they're going to give him opportunities. He's more of a handcuff at this point, and he's not necessarily a must hold. Um, in terms of the receivers, this is, you know, some, I, I don't know, huge name guys, but, you know, big enough that you're, you know, potentially going to move on from if you have to. Kirk at 83%, uh, Debo Samuel, just because he's out for three weeks. So if you don't have an IR spot, you could probably cut him. And then Miko Hardman at 64%. You know, it's pretty clear he's going to need an injury to be successful. All right, just to be clear, Go Just ahead. to be clear, Coleman had one great game in the playoffs, but it's one of his last eight that was even remotely close to saying good. So, so I, just, I, I don't want to say that he's been bad forever. He had the one great game. But again, it's, we've seen what we've seen, and the coaches have seen what they've seen, and it would be hard to have Coleman take Mostert or McKinnon off the field. All right, so I think we're going to go a little long today because this is just a busy waiver wire show. So uh, there are more names we need to get to. So let's go through the, each position. We could probably go through quarterback fairly quickly, but quarterbacks: Mitchell Trubisky's got the Giants. Gardner Minshew's got the the Titans. We like Minshew much more long term than Trubisky. Ryan Tannehill, Jacksonville. Uh, those were the top three for Jamie, Dave, Minshew, or Trubisky this week. Who would you go with? Or Tannehill? I'll take. Uh, I'll take Minshew, Tannehill, Trubisky. Okay. And then Kirk Cousins against the Colts, Garoppolo at the Jets, Teddy Bridgewater at Tampa Bay. I'll throw Phillip Rivers' name in there. He did throw 46 passes, and the Vikings were obviously horrible. 
I, I think this is actually a good matchup for Rivers because the pass rush for Minnesota, they, they did a decent job of getting pressure on Rodgers, but they couldn't connect with it. And their secondary is just so bad right now. Okay. I, I think Rivers can end up having a decent week. I would still rather have Minshew and Tannehill. But okay. two quarterback leagues, if, if Rivers is you know available via trade, you should be able to get him cheap. And are we starting like Minshew or Trubisky or Tannehill over Carson Wentz this week? I would. I think I would too, but I I want to see just what the offensive line ends up looking like for Philly before I lock in something like that. For now, yes. How about over Tom Brady? No. No. No, no. Just had to ask. How about over Drew Brees? No. At Las Vegas Monday night. Okay, running backs. Uh we have I think covered this pretty sufficiently. What do you do if you have Boston Scott? Hold on to him and hope Miles Sanders is out another week and that Scott's healthy and is involved there, more in the passing game. There's uh, there's differing reports on what exactly happened to Scott, that he left the game and then came back, but he didn't play once he came back. So I don't know if he's hurt. Um, we'll find out you know, as the week unfolds. But there's also a report that Sanders could return this week. So, I mean, if you have to drop Boston Scott for these guys, Snell, Hines, Brown, Kelly, are you, you doing can. it? I wouldn't, but you can. Okay. Uh, McKinnon, Dave talked about Daryl Williams, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, Miles Gaskin, Peyton Barber, Carlos Hyde, Corey Clement, Rex Burkhead. Their names they can get you through a week. They're stopgap options. Um, I'd right. actually had more carries than Chris Carson. That's trouble. It's true. One more. And Carson needed receiving touchdowns to have a big game. I don't know what to make of that. Like, I don't Carson think, entered the week with three career receiving touchdowns, and then he caught yeah, two in the first two. half against and Atlanta. It, it you know came, what to make of it? You make of it that the Falcons are going to struggle against pass uh, No, I meant the carries. Like, they came on the heels of Pete Carroll saying that they're going to ride the hot hand, and neither of them was hot carrying the ball. Um, I, I'd, I'd look to sell high on Chris Carson if you can. Okay. Uh, Josh Adams, Jalen Samuels, these are deeply guys. All right, so wide receivers... If these players are available, try to add them. Jamison Crowder, Sterling Shepard, Preston Williams. Although you, you're probably not starting Williams this week at Buffalo against Buffalo, no, are you? No. Okay. John Brown. That one I don't know about, guys. Like, how confident are you in John Brown? 79% rostered. He did have 10 targets against the Dolphins this week. I love John Brown. I absolutely I, love John yeah. Brown. The, the yeah. fact that he's now getting the second best cornerback and and what he's going to do with that speed. Josh Allen looked really good. He missed a couple throws. Um, uh, I, I was, you know, I don't know if I was going out on a huge limb saying there was going to be Josh Allen's first career 300 game, but he had never had a game over 270 yards. And not only was he great as the start of the week, but he hit the bold prediction too. And so if they're going to let him throw as much as they uh, seem to be, now granted, he faced a good run yeah, defense. Yeah, faced the Jets though. Faced a good run defense. Um, and and so, a horrible pass defense with probably. Yeah, uh, but he's got the horrible Dolphins pass defense. this week. But they, he, he is, if you were looking for a very, very, very deep dark horse MVP candidate, Josh Allen, because they could win the AFC East and they could have the Patriots path to getting to the playoffs with the first round by. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it's there. So, <laughs> he made so many bad, but like, he missed, he, he missed Austin Austin. He had those two fumbles. Touchdown. I mean, like, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's, there's a lot to like about this team and there's a oh, lot yeah. to like about his, his setup. You they're, know, so. they're winning the division. I'm, I'm feel I love, I'm loving the bills. I, uh, I And, and, you know, kudos to Ben Gretsch because if this is Stefan Diggs every week, he's going to be 
he's going to shatter his ADP. But this, okay, this is more of a Wednesday show thing. Like, we'll have to talk about it. But is is now the time to sell high on every Buffalo Bill, on three Bills, on Allen, Diggs, and John Brown? We'll talk about no. it tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow. No one's going to give you anything for John Brown. Sure, but you might for Diggs and, and definitely for and Allen. And maybe for Allen. Sure, like the, the fantasy managers that have Breeze and Brady, they might be interested. Not to say Allen can't be great, but you might be able to turn him into like a slightly worse quarterback. Sure, that was the, good the fact that he ran. That's that's the the cherry on top. Because if he's going to throw like this with this amount of volume and still run, the design runs were there. He's going to be a top five fantasy quarterback. This keeps up. Yeah, it, was this his best game of the year? It might be, but he gets the Jets again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, he does in like six weeks. Um, Darius Slayton, Sammy Watkins, another Watkins. I'm um, again like. How, how confident are you feeling in him? Was that his best game of the year? 82 yards and a touchdown. He likes week one. He does. But he still plays with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, so I'd like right. to have that on my team if I can. If, that's, if this is what defenses are going to do each week to the Chiefs, then he's going to collect a lot of targets underneath. So are all of these players, Crowder, Shepard, Preston Williams, John Brown, Darius Slayton, Sammy Watkins, are they all better than, say, Anthony Miller, Robbie Anderson, LaVisca Chanel, Paris Campbell, et cetera? Yes. Uh, not Shepard. Okay. Uh, all right. Maybe not Watkins either. So the the waiver wire ads at wide receiver, the ones we've talked about are Miller, Chenault, Campbell, Robbie Anderson, and Mike Williams. There's also Russell Gage. The Cowboys, that's his opponent this week. They were bad against slot receivers last year, and they just gave up 105 yards to Robert Woods. So there's Gage. He's rostered in 2% of leagues. There's two Packers wide receivers, MVS and Alan Lazard. Uh, I don't actually don't know. Oh, yeah, Lazard is 62%. Um, Nikhil Harry, Scotty Miller, that's probably for deeper leagues. But let's talk about Gage, Lazard, and MVS. And, Jamie, how do you feel about them? Well, I mean, you know, we were excited about Lazard given his role as the number two receiver for the Packers. And, you know, th- this is validation of that. The, the fact that they only had six targets is a little bit of a concern. Um, I'm sorry, four targets, right? For who? Lazard? Yeah. And uh, six? Four targets. Four targets, yeah. yeah. But the game might end around, you know, I, I think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers is clearly going to lean on Devontae Adams. But, you know, the way that Rodgers looked is the best thing about Lazard and MVS. He looked awesome. And, you know, hopefully that's a sign of things to come that LaFleur lets him do this. It's only the third time under LaFleur that he's had 40 or more pass attempts. Uh, one of those was at Minnesota last year when they were chasing points. But I think this is... Uh, this is a positive sign. So you want pieces of this offense if you can get it. And Lazard clearly is, is rostered in too many leagues. But MVS, this was a guy that they were excited about last year. He didn't, you know, uh, deliver. They were excited about him again this year. And, you know, he had a bad drop. Should have had another touchdown. Could have had over 100 yards, about 130, um, looking at where the the, the throw was. So um, you're, you're buying Aaron Rodgers at this point. And it's not a bad idea to take a flyer on MVS. He's not a, a must-add by any stretch, but he's certainly somebody that you can put on the end of your bench if you're – excited about the way Rodgers play. He's he's in the same mold as Deshaun Jackson, Henry Ruggs, and all Robbie these Anderson. other... Robbie Anderson. Well, I think Robbie might be better. I know that the Robbie of the past would be the same guy, and I'd probably be more excited about MVS with the Packers than Robbie Anderson with the Jets. Um, but I just think that the offense that Anderson's in now gives him an opportunity to get more targets, and we saw that last week. Yeah, MVS don't don't so chase the touchdown. Down. The touchdown was fluky. I agree, yeah. but I think the target share is interesting, yep. and that's why I'm 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 interested in Robbie Anderson. And this is a Panthers team that's going to chase points every single week. And don't forget that the the Packers at their core are 
a uh, like a run heavy type of team. They yes. just they, they didn't end up being that way in week one. Maybe they don't end up being that way at all, and we're just way off on that. But MVS is he's interesting, but I wouldn't count on him to do what he did every single week. All right. Well, the, the Packers get the Lions this week, and the Lions. We'll see if Okuda plays, but they were without him. And they lost two defensive backs to injury during the game. Trufant and their slot corner. Mm-hmm. Coleman. Coleman, thank you. Um, so yep. so last question on wide receivers. Would you rather have a Packers wide receiver or Corey Davis? Packers. A.J. Brown was miserable in that game last night. Right, but... I don't this, think that's going to be the this, norm. Could this be it? Dave, what's your Corey answer? Corey Davis? What's your answer? I will, I will say Corey Davis over Lazard and MVS. Okay. And then if I'm wrong, hopefully one of those two will be on the waiver wire for me to collect when Corey Davis starts to suck like he did for the first four years of his career. Three years? Three Is he years. fourth year? Three years, four year. years. It seems like he's been in the league eight years. All right, we'll finish with tight ends here. Um, Noah Fant is 84% rostered, but, you know, get him if you can. Hawkinson and Goddard are the prizes. What about Kasicki? How does he measure up with Hawkinson and Goddard? Kasicki had a miserable game and a miserable matchup, but he still ran a ton of routes, and now you have Parker missing time. So he's in the same boat as Herndon. You don't have to play him this week in another tough matchup against Buffalo, but I'd like to have him on my roster. I still think there's a ton of upside for, for Gusecki moving forward. Okay, so then you'll get Hawkinson, you'll get Goddard, Logan Thomas for this week, Chris Herndon, not necessarily for this week, Mike Kosicki, not necessarily for this week. Do you have any interest in Jimmy Graham against the Giants, Greg Olson against the Patriots, O.J. Howard against Carolina, Jordan Akins against Baltimore? Graham is interesting. You know, they've been raving about him this offseason in Chicago, and the fact that he should have had two touchdowns, that he was, you know, right there in terms of targets with, he was second on the team in targets behind Robinson ahead of Anthony Miller. So they're going to use him, you know, and as long as his, uh, you know, broken bones can hold up and, and stay on the field in deeper leagues, it's not bad to take a flyer on him because the Giants defense is bad. They did a good job on Ebron, but, you know, we'll see how, uh, how, how Graham does. I don't want to have to start Jimmy Graham, but if I'm stuck, you know, if I'm in a 14 team league and I just lost Blake Jarwin, um, that's not a bad pivot play over. I take him over Olsen, for example, who, you know, could start to lose targets to Will Disley, even though Olsen scored. Also good start, I, Jimmy Graham, 3.6 yards per target. Yeah, <laughs> I, he's. You need a touchdown out of him. Yeah, you might get it against the Giants every week. Against the Giants, sure. Like he's a streamer this week, but like for the most part, yeah, no. All right, and um, all right, that's cool. What about uh, Jack Doyle against Minnesota? Drop him. It's a tough yeah. matchup for him. Rivers was lamenting after the game that he should have hit him for a touchdown. He was kind of open on a play where Rivers through elsewhere and missed his guy. So maybe he tries and makes amends for that this week, but it's a much harder matchup this week than it was last week. And I'll say in mega deep leagues or maybe tight end premium leagues, Dalton Schultz figures to uh, replace Jarwin. He got four targets. Maybe. At the I don't, I don't know if he's going to end up getting the same type of volume. Well, that we definitely thought Jarwin would not get. going to do that, but I just saying, <laughs> you know, maybe 70% of it. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they bring in some guys, you know, maybe Delaney Walker, for example. Um, I don't know who else is on the street, but you know they could be looking at a tight end. Okay. DSTs, Titans, Packers, Cardinals, kickers, Boswell, Crosby, suck up. That's it for this marathon waiver wire show. Hope it was helpful. Twitch, 8 p.m. tonight. We'll see you there. For Dave and Jamie, I'm Adam. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you tonight on Twitch, tomorrow on the podcast. Okay. 
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.